Thursday, July 29th, 2021. Today, from our news team, GDC Game Award winners, The Coalition releasing Unreal 5 test footage, and Activision Blizzard tries to fit a world record amount of foot in their mouth. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. This is the Culture Jack News Desk, your source for stolen information, hot takes, and your weekly gaming news. I'm your host, Archimedes Abigail. If this is your first time here at the News Desk, thank you so much for joining me. I'd like to welcome you to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's going on in the gaming world. Also, if you are new to the podcast... Welcome. This is one of five regularly scheduled shows that we host every single week. Starting your week off on the right foot, we have Monday Madness with Anthony. On Thursday, of course, we'll meet back here for the, for the Culture Jack News Desk. And on Friday, Dustin hosts the Friday show, That Bastard. Uh, tune in Saturday for on today's episode, and then round out your weekend with some movie news at the Weekend Wire on Sunday. Uh, with all of that being said, let's take a peek at the news. Like we said at the top of the show, our first story involves the GDC Game Awards. And uh, so the headline that I plucked was here from IGN, where I got all of this other information as well. But uh, GDC, which just had its conference, uh, and they had, of course, like every other conference and show, they had their Game Awards as well. And uh, the headline for this one says Hades wins game of the game of the year. So spoiler alert there, I guess. So I'm going to go go through uh, the winners for this year's GDC choice award. So best audio went to Hades from Supergiant Games. Best debut went to uh, Phasmophobia from Kinetic Games. That's the one where you and a bunch of pals are trying to find a ghost. It might be a VR game as well. I'm not sure. Best Design went to Hades from Supergiant Games. Uh, best Mobile Game went to Genshin Impact from MiHoYo Studios. Uh, Innovation Award from is Dreams. Is Dreams the... I think Dreams is the PlayStation game. Yeah, it's from Media Molecule and Sony Interactive Entertainment. Best Narrative Award goes to The Last of Us Part 2 from Naughty Dog and Sony Interactive Entertainment. Last of Us 2, of course, being a very controversial game here on the internet. Best Technology Award goes to Microsoft Flight Simulator from Asobo Studio and Xbox Game Studios. Now, Anthony, I do believe, has just downloaded Flight Simulator. And so, well, it's not my particular cup of tea. Uh, maybe Anthony will be uh, more than excited to tell us how a game studio fit the entire, they rendered the entire world in one game. Well, he might not not <laughs> not tell us how, but he'll tell us maybe how he liked it. Uh, best technology award goes to um, that was Microsoft Flight Simulator. Excuse me, I'm getting confused on my list. Best visual art, Ghost of Tsushima from Sucker Punch Productions and Sony Interactive Entertainment. Uh, best VR or AR game, Half Life Alex from Valve. The audience award was Ghost of Tsushima as well. And then, like we said, game of the year. Hades. Pioneer Award for Tom Fulp, the creator of Newgrounds. Oh, that's awesome. He got an award. Uh, Newgrounds, of course, if you are not familiar, is that is that famous Flash website uh, that hosted a lot of NSFW content as well as really interesting Flash animations and 
individual creator games and stuff like that. Uh, so that's cool. He got a, a Pioneer Award. And then the Lifetime Achievement Award was Larlin McWilliams. She's a 28-year industry veteran, and she is the creator, creative director of MMO Free Realms. So that's the GDC uh, Game Developer's Choice Awards for 2021. In gaming headlines from Gaming Bolt, uh, The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles is now out. So if you were interested in that game, it is out on the Switch. I know I'm interested in that game. Oh, the Switch, PlayStation 4, and PC. Gears developer shows Unreal 5 tech demo and character render test on Xbox Series X. I might have put this headline in here twice, but uh, the, the, the demo that they showed, or the, the tech test the tech demo that they showed is just a uh, a perspective moving through what looks like a ruins and it shows some incredible shadows some incredible light effects some dust particle effects uh but two of the big the big uh aspects to unreal engine 5 was nanite and so nanite was a lot of the physical assets that go into games you know the crumbling rocks the stone the dust that sort of thing and the other one was lumen a lot to do with the uh light particles and the refraction and the shadowing and stuff like that so those two combined um make up the unreal engine 5. now lumen i can say the the light shadowing and um and what is <laughs> what's the big big buzzword right now ray tracing the those elements shown very brightly in this tech demo uh the nanite the particle effects the 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 moving individual assets it didn't look like it showcased as much or as well however this rendering this uh short film was very very impressive and all of this stuff is in game engine so this is the stuff this is the stuff that we might have seen in cinematics over the course of our gaming histories uh but never something that you would see in a game so i'm very excited for this technology to um i mean it's already in the hands of the developers but i cannot wait for some of those developed games to be published so we get to experience it uh, ourselves uh, like we said microsoft flight simulator is out um, on Xbox Series X and S. Uh, Netflix might be working on a live-action Pokemon series, which is exciting. The Pikachu, uh, Detective Pikachu movie was incredibly well-received, and not to mention it was a video game movie that's done right, which is a, kind of a rare occurrence, actually. So hopefully Netflix gets it right with this Pokemon series. I I can't say whether or not I would prefer a Ash Ketchum story or an all original character story um, from the movies. I guess the most important thing when you're thinking about talking about a Pokemon game is that you get the Pokemon correct, that you get the the character of the world correct more than the individual characters of the story. Or at least that's that's my thinking when it comes to Pokemon adaptations. Kenya or Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, and remember that's the uh, PlayStation exclusive uh, game where you control the little soot creatures. Uh, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, is delayed to September 21st. Um, so 
they they quoted the the reason that it needed to be delayed as you know some last minute polish as they all do. Hopefully the crunch is not too terribly bad in those studios as we know or as we've heard big name games or games that have received a lot of attention, especially that have been delayed, end up getting that last minute push on the employees. Another delayed game, Digimon Survive. Apparently, Bandai Namco is coming out with a survival tactical RPG based on the Digimon series, and that's being delayed to the third quarter of next year, 2022. PlayStation 5 crosses 10 million consoles sold globally, which is pretty pretty dang impressive, seeing as how there has been such a shortage of hardware uh, over the course of this most current generation of consoles. I also read somewhere else that uh, Jim Jim Ryan, he's, what is he, the CEO of Sony uh, or of PlayStation? What is his official title? I, I can't recall. He's like, Jim Ryan is the to PlayStation as Phil Spencer is to Xbox. They're both like the, the head chicken fucker. They're the guy in charge, right? Uh, he also said in another article that I read that he apologized to fans looking to get their hands on a PlayStation 5 onto this newest generation of hardware that were unable to. Uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of them out there. In other PlayStation news, uh, recently acquired Nixus Software is going to help port PlayStation IPs to PC. Now, this could be notable. Uh, the reason I think it could be uh, notable is because Xbox Game Pass is an incredible deal for Microsoft fans, for Xbox fans, but also for PC fans. Now, why I think that this news is significant or why I think that this news is important is if PlayStation is looking to better port their games to PC, what kind of functionality or service ad is PlayStation going to do to allow PC players to play their games? And if this is an early indication that a PlayStation-like service similar to Game Pass is on the horizon, uh, PlayStation fans could be entreated with a very good deal in the very near future. Or at least that's what I think. In other news, Xbox Series X and S are the fastest-selling Xbox consoles ever, says Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella. Uh, now, this is pretty cool because they he says um, that the Xbox Series X and S have sold more units life to date than any other Xbox console at this point in their respective cycles. So it sounds like PlayStation 5 is doing very well and Xbox Series is doing very well. And the only thing that is hindering their sales is the chip shortage and the production uh, delays. Apex Legends Season 10 got their gameplay trailer. Uh, Emergence is the is the 10th season of Apex Legends. 10 seasons. That's amazing to think. When did that game drop? Was it 2018 or 2019? I think it was 2019 in February. Not that that's important. Uh, it sees the second map, World's Edge, up in ruins. If you remember from previous seasons, World's Edge got these giant harvester machines that were apparently mining the planet for resources. Now, it seems that that has gone kind of, uh, <laughs> kind of haywire, and the whole planet is 
exploding. I guess, basically, there's a lot of lava in the new trailer. It also showcases a new weapon, the Rampage LMG, a lot of different cosmetics, and it shows off the uh, abilities for Seer. Now, Seer is going to be an incredible addition to the meta of Apex Legends, or I think. I'm not a competitive Apex Legends player or a person that plays it too much in general, but I think having the ability to locate your enemies, to know where they are, to sense their footsteps is, it. like I said before, it's not going to make Bloodhound obsolete, but it's going to make Bloodhound obsolete. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the Siege of Paris DLC or expansion launches on August 12th. I know some people that play Valhalla and enjoy it greatly. Now, here's a game that I didn't know that I would be interested in, but Hot Wheels is coming out with a game. Hot Wheels Unleashed. They just dropped a new trailer. It's coming out on September 30th, 2021. Now, I didn't know that there was a Hot Wheels game. I didn't know that there was a Hot Wheels game that I needed in my life. But now I know both of those things. Uh, it was so cool. In the trailer, they showcase a bunch of Hot Wheels figurines, and this is going to be... I would assume big news for Anthony as well, because Anthony, I don't know if he's mentioned it on the podcast before. He's got he's a man of of many interests, including uh, stealing my office supplies here at the Culture Jacked offices. I, I can't I can't take it anymore. I have zero sticky notes. But regardless of that, Anthony is a big fan of automotive things, of all things automotive. Um, and that includes figurines and little tiny, tiny race cars that you'd buy in Hot Wheels packages. Um, so this may be one that scratches a particular itch that maybe he didn't know that he had either. Uh, in other Steam Deck news, uh, Steam Deck games have, quote, consistently met and exceeded Valve's 30 frames per second target upon testing. Valve designer Pierre-Loup Griffay says that the 30 FPS target for the Steam Deck is the, quote, floor of what they will consider acceptable in games. And I think it was either this article or another article they talked about there was not a game that they could find that would not play on the Steam Deck well. Steam Deck and the Nintendo Switch are going after uh, different audiences. So uh, a quote from Gabe Newell says, if you are a gamer and you pick up a Switch and you pick up one of these, you're going to know which one is right for you. Uh, so he says in the article, he talks about uh, for the Steam Deck, they are they are aiming at their, their core demographic, their core audience for the Steam Deck are those people that have existing Steam libraries and those that also want to take their gaming on the go. Uh, Whereas the Nintendo Switch might be for a more casual gamer or a gamer that is more comfortable existing in a Nintendo ecosystem. Not to mention the the grips on this device are dramatically different from those on the Nintendo Switch. And on this one, you cannot remove the grips either. So as a as a multiplayer or uh, co-op type gaming device, this does not serve that same niche purpose that the Nintendo Switch does. And Nintendo Switch, just like the Xbox series and the PlayStation 5, is also selling gangbusters. Xbox Series S is, quote, an ambivalent piece of hardware, 
says Blacktail Developer. Uh, in an interview with Gaming Bolt, the CEO of Parasite Bartas um, Capron gives his insights about Microsoft's next-gen budget offering. And so what he goes on to say is that it is, it's very cool that budget gamers, uh, gamers that maybe can't necessarily afford a next-gen console, have this really, really cool entry point for next-gen games. And uh, with that, he also said that there is an opportunity or there is a potential for consoles like the Xbox Series X to hold back those real and true next-gen games because uh, incredible scaling will have to be done to take a game from an Xbox Series X level down to an Xbox Series S level so it's playable on that console as well. And we've yet to see, I mean, we are still in this current generation handicapped by the restrictions and confines of the previous generation of the PlayStation 4 Xbox One generation because most games are being released on those consoles as well. Multiple top Borderlands 3 developers have reportedly left Gearbox. Uh, so a now confirmed Axios report uh, reveals that a number of top Borderlands 3 developers have recently left Gearbox to create a new studio. I have another news article about this. I'm not sure if it is referencing the same new studio, uh, but we will we'll have to see there. Psychonauts 2 developers were able to improve the game's enemies and bosses thanks to the Microsoft acquisition. So Double Fine producer, um, senior system designer Lauren Scott uh, said, quote, to quote the age-old adage, you know, money is time. And so it sounds like with the additional resources that they have, with the additional uh, funding that they have, with the confidence that Microsoft has in Double Fine, uh, Double Fine's been able to create a much larger and much uh, better game as a result. Respawn Entertainment is working on a new unannounced single-player game. So several new job listings reveal the Titanfall and Fallen Order Studio has a new single-player title in early development at the moment. Now, for longtime listeners of the show, you know that we want it to be with every inch of our body. With our, from, our, from our hackles to our loins, we would love for this game, this unannounced game, this untitled game, this, this very confidential game to be Titanfall 3. Or at least that's the hope. In other rumor uh, news, there's a Dragon Age 4 is on track for release in 2023. The next big sequel in the fantasy RPG series will reportedly return to being a single player focused affair after the failure of Anthem. Well, that's that's not surprising. Uh, more news from Gaming Bolt. Uh, Dead Space Remake won't have loading screens on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S 3D audio confirmed. Um, so they want to stay true to the original's version while enhancing the immersion. And this is going to be a pattern that you see with games more and more as we as we extend our timeline into the current set of uh, consoles. And a new game coming out for Xbox, The Ascent, that I'm very excited to play and maybe play with uh, Dustin and Anthony uh, if they're not too busy playing with themselves. They are a little self-obsessed, but um, that's, you know, that's just those guys. Um, yeah, that game also, 
is supposed to have no loading screens or load time. So that is very interesting to see. And it's cool to look at the history of games and how many games were designed to work around that those load screens. You know, whether it was a character riding down in an elevator while the level continued to load or going along a narrow hallway for more of the level to load out or only loading the game in front of the player while leaving the, the, the peripheral vision backwards unloaded until the player turned around. So there were all kinds of tricks. And I think games are going to go under, they're going to undergo a transformation of, of sorts. And we will see new kinds of game design hop up around um, the, the new capability of the new consoles. Battlefield 2042 open beta set for September 6th, uh, if you are interested in it. Actually, preloading begins on September 3rd with players who pre-ordered receiving early access on September 6th, and then the beta will end on September 11th. From thegamer.com, former Sony CEO Sean Layden thinks Game Pass needs 500 million subscribers in order to be sustainable. Now, he talked about... Uh, Games that are costing $120 million, these big AAA blockbuster games, going on to a service or those style games continuing to appear on a service that costs $9.99 a month is unsustainable. He doesn't think that it can happen. In order for it to be sustainable, sustainable, not sustainable, sustainable, and to be profitable in the long term, Microsoft is going to need over 500 million subscribers. Now, what I don't think that this guy understands. Now, let me tell a uh, <laughs> a major video game CEO or former CEO what he doesn't know about the video game industry because that's what I am here for. Um, Sean, listen to me, buddy. Uh, the thing about Microsoft Game Pass is not that it is necessarily profitable immediately, for the company. Sure, there will be be people that get on there and they play every single game on Game Pass. But there will also be people that get on there, try a game for a minute, it will leave Game Pass and they will go then purchase that game. In in this in this fantasy world that Mr. Layden has presented it, itself, he thinks that people are going to play every single game and that and that's simply not the fact. People are going to find games they didn't know existed. Not to mention, games that are, have maybe a smaller initial audience wants being put onto Game Pass. There are several stories about indie developers who have found incredible success marketing their game by having it on Game Pass. And more eyes are on that game than would have been were it a you know 5 or $6 purchase in the Microsoft Store. So respectfully, to the former... Uh, Sony CEO, I, I disagree. Uh, in Fortnite news, it looks like Bloodsport, uh, a character from the new James Gunn Suicide Squad movie, is coming to Fortnite. Now, this could preclude many other Suicide Squad characters coming to Fortnite as well. And this is not something that is unheard of as well. You know, during Infinity War Endgame, there were uh, uh, Thanos made an appearance. Uh, John Wick made an appearance during one of his movies. Um these kind of things do portend to a a, a tie-in of sorts. And so, Bloodsport, I feel like, is not going to be the last Suicide Squad 
uh, character that we get as that movie's coming out on August 5th. So I think we're going to get a lot more news. In fact, there was a timer added to Fortnite uh, here recently. And the timer is only a few days. And so that could mean uh, more Suicide Squad information coming here next week, we'll hope. Uh, in other gaming news, The Last of Us, Destiny, and God of War devs open a new studio with $100 million investment. investment. Uh, the studio's name is That's No Moon, <clears throat> an obvious play on the Star Wars uh, Death Star. Look at that moon. That's that's no moon. I don't know. I don't remember what they said. Uh, <clears throat> so to quote the article from thegamer.com, several big names are involved with the studio, including former head of PlayStation's visual arts group, Michael Moonbauer as CEO and Tina Kowaleski of Sony Santa Monica as chief strategy officer. All told, members of the team have worked on a variety of top selling games, including Uncharted 4, Destiny and even Fortnite. So Moonbauer said in a quote, he said, quote, As a new studio, we are building a collaborative and inclusive culture where people of all backgrounds, ideologies, orientations, and identities are treated equitably and with respect. We're team-focused, and we want that snow moon to not just be a place where everyone can feel empowered to pioneer bold ideas and do great work, but to live healthy and balanced lives. That's No Moon might eventually step outside the gaming industry. As Moonbauer mentioned, the team believes, quote, That's the stories we tell should not be limited to any given medium. Moonbauer goes on to say the characters uh, built in, in That's No Moon video games could eventually extend into TV, film, or beyond. I apologize for Mr. Moonbauer. He's quite the individual. Uh, other news from thegamer.com, PAX West changes their COVID-19 policy will now require proof of vaccination or a negative test. Um, face masks are also required through the convention center. Now, the CDC here in the U.S. has just changed the guidelines uh, once again on mask wearing uh, due to the uptick in coronavirus cases around the country. Uh, and so PAX has responded uh, effectively by having new requirements for the, the convention. Now, the thing I'd like to note here is many of these conventions, many of these conferences went to all digital events. And we were just getting to a point where uh, cases had relaxed enough that more physical events are popping back up. Because that's what everyone wants. Everyone wants to, to get out, see everybody, experiences the, experience these games, experience these movies, experience these projects or uh, updates to projects in person. Um, so it'll be yet to be seen if PAX West continues on with their in-person event. Um, and I think that will be dependent upon the viral caseloads here in the U.S. So we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Uh Oh, I, here's where it is. The story again, the coalition uh, releasing multiple Unreal Engine 5 test trailers. So I talked about that other one where you are a perspective moving through a ruins of a kind. They also released a trailer showcasing a man's face with a beard and moved down his arm to his hand and and the shadowing and the textures on his face looked very, very realistic. The, the thing about um 3D character modeling in games. It's gotten very, very good. And and this Unreal Engine 5 test it shows that we are going to have some very good-looking games 
to get to. The thing that they have struggled with that I will not be impressed with a new graphics engine until they resolve is long hair. Long hair has always been a problem in in games. And so you will see main characters, maybe their hair is in dreadlocks. So there's not that many things to move. They can move more as a unit or they can move in a, in a thicker way or shortcut haircuts or a, a female character may have her hair tied back to better manage that kind of rendering. So until they, they show me something uh, in game that renders long hair effectively, I refuse to be impressed. Let's get that right. If we are going to move into and out of the uncanny valley, we have to get hair right before we do. We have to get hair uh, done correctly in the way that it acts according to movement. We have to get hair done in the way that it acts according to the wind. And we have to get hair done correctly as it appears in water or while it is wet or under, under, the, um, <laughs> under the influence of some other kind of... Uh, you know, fluid like slime or ooze or anything like that. We've got to make sure we get hair right before we can move in and out of the uncanny valley. Uh, Fortnite makes inventory management easier with preferred item slots. So if you are not a Fortnite player, you won't know what the hell I'm talking about. But uh, players in the game in Fortnite, when you pick up a shotgun, you pick up an SMG, you pick up an assault rifle, you want to make sure those go in very specific slots uh, to make sure that, you know, your first out of the five slots is an assault rifle. And then your second one is a shotgun. So you can develop that gaming muscle memory to make you a better player at Fortnite. So you know, wherever you're at, that second slot, if you have one, is going to be a shotgun. Uh, same thing with Apex Legends. Uh, players do this all the time. They have their long range in their first uh, slot and then their uh, short range in their second slot. Is that how it works? Is that how you switch weapons? I don't recall. Either way, uh, this is super cool. Uh, you know, all your healing items are in the last uh, slot and they do come with a default setting for where all of these things go. However, you can modify that and change it in your character select screen so you can put them uh, in your order of preference. And the last headline that I have here before I get into our main news story of the show, I, I am not from Alaska. Uh, Anthony, Dustin, the uh, founders, the creators of the Culture Jack podcast, the, some uh, would call them Cretans. And some would call them scumbags and some probably themselves would call themselves gods among men. Uh, regardless, I thought it was important that we pay respect and tribute to their Alaskan heritage by talking a little bit about the U.S. Olympics. Uh, and, and the fact of the matter is, despite how terrible uh, Dustin and Anthony both are, they have an Olympic superstar from their state. Uh, Alaska's Lydia Jacoby uh, from Seward, Alaska, uh, is the first Olympic swimmer from Alaska. She is uh, the she's 17 years old. She's very, very young. And she is the first uh, gold medal swimmer from Alaska in the Olympics. And so that's we have a 
we have. <laughs> I don't have. I'm not from Alaska. I'm from somewhere else entirely, somewhere much, much better than Alaska. Um, but Dustin and Anthony are. And so they have now a 100% Olympic swimming <laughs> rate when it comes 100% of the Alaskan swimmers that have gone to the Olympics have won gold medals. Let's keep that record up, boys. I, I extend a congratulations to not only Lydia Jacoby, Olympic champion, but also to my two Alaskan co-workers who can now finally be proud of their state. Uh, so that's it for all of the gaming headlines I have. Now, the gaming story that I want to deliver to you today is kind of a serious one and one that if you if you are uh, triggered by uh, stories of a sexual nature, of a sexual assault nature, um, sexual harassment nature, of a aggressive quid pro quo type workplace nature, you may want to skip this story. Um, and, but I, I, I want to be sensitive to that when I when I say this is it's a pretty big story, actually. And I did something that I don't usually do when I cover these stories. I brought up a few tabs to make sure that I had had all of my information in a in a row, all my ducks in a row, as it were. Uh, this is a lawsuit that was filed on July 20th. I didn't I didn't cover it last week because I did not catch it. Um, but very big news in the Superior Court of the state of California um, the Department of Fair Employment and Housing versus Activision Blizzard Entertainment. Um, so a video game developer, obviously. And so basically what this, what this is about um, is Activision Blizzard in the suit. The claim is uh, they have had a toxic environment with a, quote, frat boy culture. Uh, with many instances of uh, sexual and physical abuse uh, or harassment, um, not also not only just harassment, but harassment in a way that uh, led to or allegedly led to one of uh, the the workers there, one of the employees, to commit suicide. Um, let me see. I'm just gonna I'm gonna try and pull some of this information from the lawsuit here. Uh, so Activision Blizzard, of course, they have, they do Overwatch, Call of Duty League, the video game franchise. Call of Duty is Activision Publishing's key product. Um, also, Blizzard Entertainment maintains online game, gaming service Battle.net, includes key franchises like World of Warcraft, Diablo, and Overwatch. A lot of great games. StarCraft was one of my all-time favorite games. Um, so they say that their workforce makes up about 20% women. Uh, top leadership exclusively male and white. Um, very few women ever reached top roles in the, in the company, uh, promotions have been given through kind of a, a good old boy system. And which if you've ever worked in a corporate atmosphere, like I'm working in a corporate atmosphere here at culture Jack right now, uh, you know that it's not what you know, it's who, you know, and you have seen it time and time again, if you've ever worked in one of those one of those kinds of situations. I mean, in, in most corporations, I'm sure there's some really good ones out there that um, recognize the exemplary work of their employees. <clears throat> Dustin, Anthony, are you hearing this? Uh, so let's see, what else do we have here? Uh, the number of the fourth claim here, like executive ranks, women across the company are assigned to lower paid and lower opportunities. Uh, defendants promote women more slowly and terminate them more quickly. 
this is the frat boy thing here. Uh, in the office, okay, here's one of the one of the big ones that's coming out of this suit. In the office, women are subjected to quote cube crawls in which male employees drink copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl their way through various cubicles in the office and often engage in inappropriate behavior toward female employees. Male employees proudly come into work hungover, play video games uh, for long periods of time during work while delegating their responsibilities to female employees, engage in banter about their sexual encounters, talk openly uh, about female bodies, and joke about rape. Uh, now, I have complained about a poor workplace here at Culture Jack in the past, but I just want to say I want to get it out of the way right now that... Uh, despite the, the, the misgivings that Anthony and I and Dustin and I have, uh, they are not anywhere near as uh, bad as what was going on here. They've never done a cube crawl through my office is what I'm saying. Unsurprisingly, uh, number, number six, it says defendants, frat boy culture is a breeding ground for harassment, discrimination against the women. Uh, female employees are subjected to constant sexual harassment, including to have continually fend off unwanted sexual comments and advances, um, being groped at these cube crawls and other company events, um, high-ranking executives and creators engaged in blatant sexual harassment without repercussions. In a particularly tragic example, a female employee committed suicide during a business trip. Oh, here's the suicide bit with a male supervisor who had brought butt plugs and lubricant with him on the trip. Defendants continuously condone the quid pro quo and hostile work environment. Uh, the message is not lost on their employees. And so anyone that's been a part of a team knows as the team leader is, so too goes the team. Uh, and this is not just women as well. I have I've seen other reports, other news articles from men as well who have claimed that there is a, a rampant uh, sexual harassment culture at Activision Blizzard and men that have claimed that they have been the victim in sex sexual harassment situations. Uh, numerous complaints about unlawful harassment, discrimination, retaliation were made to defendants' human resources, um, but defendants failed to take effective remedial measures in response to these complaints. We'll talk a little bit <laughs> why in a second because there's like crazy hotel parties that these uh, HR folks go to. Um, Big lack of trust in HR was not held in high, high regard there at the at the office. Um, unsurprisingly, employees' complaints were treated in a perfunctory and dismissive manner and not kept confidential, which is very important on these these sorts of things. Um, yeah, so overall, a, a very, very bad work situation. Uh, I, I just wanted to kind of read what the claims were against Activision and Blizzard. Uh, and though, of course, you know, innocent till proven guilty and all these things, but the sheer amount of employees that have come out to support these claims against the company, not to mention former CEOs and current CEOs and executives that have apologized for the rampant scandals that went on, uh, there, I think are some indication that it's, that it's going on. Um, so let's see. Uh, there's one one really bad one here. I, I got this one from thegamer.com. And news about this have been, has been coming out for the past week and a half. So it's actually, it's very shocking. At um, BlizzCon 2013, uh, Alex Afrasiabi, uh, he had a hotel room 
Let's see. What was his his position? Um, he was a what is he a CEO? Oh, he's uh, World of Warcraft's creative director. And he was named specifically in the lawsuit, was known to engage in the harassment of females. And it claims he was known to hit on female employees, telling him he wanted to marry them, attempt to kiss them, put his arms around them. Uh, multiple conversations. Oh, okay. Blizzard Entertainment president J. Allen Brack was aware of them and had multiple conversations with him about his drinking and that he'd been too friendly towards female employees. Um, so there's these these pictures on this in this article where it looks like this uh, Afrasiabi character and a lot of other uh, <laughs> characters from Activision Blizzard are in this hotel room and they're all like lying on a bed and they seem like they're having a good time at, at conventions. I've been to conventions. I know how going to a convention is. You like to have a good time. You like to drink and have some fun. However, uh, these guys are lying on a bed together, having some fun, and they're they're holding up high above their heads. Well, not high above their heads, making it look like it's in the middle of the group. A picture of Bill Cosby. Uh, so it's a weird thing to do. I'm sure they're not holding up this picture of Bill Cosby to support his, his comedy career, but more likely, um, was this, wait, was this before Bill Cosby was 2013? When was Bill Cosby? When was Bill Cosby, uh, charged or accused? I guess I should say. My my computer is is very slow. If this is before he was accused of being a rapist, it's not as bad as I thought. But if it is if it is after, it is a clear idolization of someone who uh, drugs and rapes his his coworkers. Obviously, but they've got other photos uh, from here, and and these are not uh, necessarily very rapey in their vibes. However, they do expose kind of that frat boy mentality that these executives had. Uh, and I don't know why they would do this. They've, they've screen capped a conversation that they have. The BlizzCon Cosby crew is the name of the chat group, which is a little suspect already. Uh, Dave Kosak says, I'm gathering the hot chicks for the cause. And Alex uh, Afrasiabi, he says, bring them. Corey Stockton says, Greg, you on the way. Dave Cossack says, you can't marry all of them, Alex. Alex says, I can. I'm Middle Eastern. Jesse McCree says, you misspelled fuck. Greg Street says, at Hilton Bar. Jesse McCree says, come on up to the cause. Um, so, yeah, that's very, very strange. Let's see. Uh, who are these people? Um, Afro Siabi is uh, former Blizzard. No, no, he's he's the World of Warcraft creative director. Uh, Blizzard designer David Kosak, former Blizzard developer Greg Street, Jesse McCree, and Corey Stockton, also in the chat, both still employed at the company as lead game designers. Uh, so that's that's basically the accusation, right? That's that's the lawsuit in a nutshell. It was a very hostile, uh, sexually harassing um, uh, work workplace uh, that is not not comfortable for. Well, frankly, any of the employees there, but especially the female employees. Um, as a response to this, let's see. Now let me get to back, get back to my notes. I apologize. I'm all over the place uh, with this here. We've got 
um, Activision uh, uh, Blizzard that came out with a statement that that basically disregarded everything that was going on at the studio. They basically said, we find these allegations to be repugnant and repulsive and disgusting, and we'd never do something like that. Uh, after that happened, uh, a thousand Activision Blizzard employees signed an open letter criticizing the company for its abhorrent and insulting lawsuit response. And so uh, I'm going to read that letter right now. So a, a thousand employees signed this and there was an update to this story. Actually, it's 2000 in, uh, current and former employees signed this uh, letter here. So the letter reads <clears throat> to the leaders of Activision Blizzard. We, the undersigned, agree the statements, blah, 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 blah. Uh, to put it clearly and unequivocally, our values as employees are not accurately reflected in the words and actions of our leadership. We believe these statements have damaged our ongoing quest for equality inside and outside our industry. Categorizing the flames that have been made as distorted and, and in many cases false creates a company atmosphere that disbelieves victims. It also casts doubt on our organization's ability to hold abusers accountable for their actions and foster a safe environment for victims to come forward in the future. Um, wait a second. Uh, these statements make it clear that our leadership is not putting our values first. Immediate corrections are needed from the highest level of our organization. Our company executives have claimed that actions will be taken to protect us, but in the face of legal action and the troubling off official responses that followed, we no longer trust that our leaders will place employee safety above their own interests. To claim this is a, quote, truly meritless and irresponsible lawsuit, while seeing so many current and former employees speak out about their own experiences regarding harassment and abuse is simply unacceptable. We call for official uh, statements that recognize the seriousness of these allegations and demonstrate compassion for victims of harassment and assault. We call on Frances Townsend to stand by her word to step down as executive sponsor of the ABK Employees Women's Network as a result of the damaging nature of her statement. I wonder what she said. I, I haven't looked it up beforehand and I don't have the internet to find it right now. I apologize. Uh, we call on the executive leadership team to work with us on a new and meaningful effort that ensures employees, as well as our community, have a safe place to speak out and come forward. We stand with all of our friends, teammates, and colleagues, as well as the members of our dedicated community who have experienced mistreatment or harassment of any kind. We will not be silenced. We will not stand aside. And we will not give up uh, the company we love is a workplace until the company we love is a workplace we can all feel proud to be a part of. Again, we will be the change. Okay, so that was the the employee letter that everyone signed. And I have just, there's a few headlines that kind of tell the story of how this has proceeded. Since the lawsuit's been filed, since Activision Blizzard made the initial statement um, dismissing the lawsuit, like it's not a big deal, and then the, the letters, uh, or the letter that was signed by the 2000 Activision Blizzard employees. So Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick apologizes uh he apologized just yesterday the 28th he said our initial responses to the issues we faced together and to your concerns were quite frankly tone deaf um also uh, the day before activision blizzard employees following that letter are planning a formal walkout to call for improved working conditions so we will see if the the top of this company makes enough changes, makes a better response, enough so that that walkout does not occur. But we'll see as as of yet. Uh, and this has had 
ramifications for other studios as well. Like Bungie has issued a em, em, emphatic no tolerance statement against harassment, abuse and inequality in wake of this Activision uh, lawsuit. Uh, so the developer wrote, well, the accounts in this week's news are difficult to read. We hope they will lead to justice, awareness and accountability. Uh, so it's it's good to see other companies uh, jumping on this and it's um, probably going to have a ripple effect to those other companies that no doubt foster similar types of environments. Uh, Blizzard co-founder has also responded to this lawsuit. Uh, Blizzard co-founder Mike Morahime, Morahime, Morahame has responded to the abuse allegations against Activision Blizzard. He said, I failed you. Um Production on World of Warcraft has stopped thanks to this lawsuit. Um, what did what did Mike Moraheim say? He said, uh, quote, I knew that it was not perfect, but clearly we were far from that goal. He said, the fact that so many women were mistreated and were not supported means we let them down. In addition, we did not succeed in making it feel safe for people to tell their truth. It is no consolation that other companies have faced similar challenges. I wanted us to be different, to be better. Um, and then CEO, uh, Blizzard, uh, Activision Blizzard CEO, Bobby Kotick releases a letter addressing this lawsuit controversy and outlines, uh, changes. Uh, so I think he also apologized to the initial response or he said that the response was not good enough. And so I don't know who was making that initial response that uh, was so dismissive of the lawsuit as a whole, but Bobby Kotick weighed in and he said that response was not good. He said, also, we are going to investigate. We are going to immediately terminate people that have been found to have been involved in these types of things. Now that is, that's kind of all of the news that I have on it. And hopefully you're as, as caught up now as I am in this Activision Blizzard lawsuit. And we'll see, uh, you know, what kind of effective change comes down. And this kind of re reminds me of the Ellen DeGeneres story that broke, I think it was last year, in the entertainment in industry. And now Ellen DeGeneres puts on this face that she is kind and warm and lovable, and she may be. However, there were many, many reports of abuse and harassment behind the scenes at the Ellen DeGeneres show. And then Ellen, who of course knew what the work atmosphere was there, began to throw other uh, CEOs and executives and um, important uh, managers within the company under the bus in order to save that public image. So we'll see how much of this did Bobby Kotick actually know about. Was Bobby Kotick apprised of the harassment that was going on? Was he also dismissive of it as many of these managers and and head head folks in Activision Blizzard um, as they have been, or at least allegedly have been already. We'll see. We'll, we'll keep an eye on this story as it continues, but now you are caught up with the Activ Activision Blizzard lawsuit scandal. Uh, and our last bit of, uh, not news, I guess news, our last thing for this show today is uh, some upcoming game releases. So as a reminder, we just had those Final Fantasy games, Final Fantasy uh, 2 and 3, Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 2 and Final Fantasy 3 uh, come out yesterday on the 28th. Today is the release of The Ascent on Xbox, Xbox uh, One and Series X and on uh, PC. I'm very much looking forward to that game. Uh, 
We've got coming up for the week of August 2nd through the 8th, we've got Hunter's Arena Legends coming out on PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 on August 3rd. We have Limnus Gate coming out on August 3rd for basically everything except for the Switch. And The Falconeer coming out on PlayStation 4 and 5 and Nintendo Switch. Uh, then further beyond that, we've got things like Godfall uh, coming out in early August as well. Lawn Mowing Simulation, one I'm very much looking forward to. Shadowverse uh, Champions Battle, uh, all of those coming out on August 10th. August 12th has foreclosed. Naraka Blade Point on August 12th as well. Skatebird on August 12th. And then on August 13th, one that I've been very much looking forward to, one that PC players have gotten to experience thus far, is Hades. Obviously a award winner from the GDC award show. Uh, also, coming up on the uh, week of August 9th through the 15th. Oh, no, we already talked about those ones. Uh, oh, I also wanted to tell you about the Xbox game uh, with gold, games with gold. This has been a long episode. I apologize for my voice disappearing right under me, but I thought it was important that you know all those details about the lawsuit so you can have good conversation with your friends and... Uh, Maybe it'll make you change your mind on some of the games you're supporting, depending on the work culture of the gaming studios that you love. So a upcoming games with gold releases coming to Xbox in August are Darksiders 3, Ukulele, Lost Planet 3, and Garu, Mark of the Wolves. Lost Planet 3 and Garu are also their Xbox 360 games. That is all we have for the news desk. I know it was a long one. Thank you for staying with me. Stay tuned for the Friday show on today's episode, The Weekend Wire and Monday Madness. Make sure to leave us a review. It helps us out incredibly if the algorithm knows that you want more of us. You can get in contact with Culture Jack crew at Culture Jack on Facebook and Twitter. You can also send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Culture Jack News Desk. I'm your host, Archimedes Abigail. That's the news, and we'll see you next week.